Lately I've been looking back upon this winding road to the old familiar markers of the mercies I have known. I know it may sound simple, but it's more than a cliche. No other words to tell you than to say, God's been good in my life. I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could. Cause through it all, God's been good. Times replay and I can see I've cried some bitter tears, but I felt his arms around me as I faced my darkest fears. I've had more gains than losses, and I've known more joy than hurt as his grace falls down upon me. I wouldn't drink them if I could, cause through it all, God's been good. God has been my father, my savior, and my friend. His love is my beginning, his love will be my end. I could But the best way I can say it is this, my God has been good in my love. <clears throat> when I go to sleep each night, and though I've had my share of hard times, I would turn in our Bibles to 2nd Chronicles 14. Thank you, hon.
look at some of you out there going through trials and troubles this past year. In spite of all that, God certainly has been good to us all these many years. Elaine, congratulations. I understand uh, Reese is um, your 80th, 80th great-grandchild. How many total grandchildren? 32. So put them together. How many? You don't. 112, something like that. 112, something like that. Wow. <laughs> you are the matriarch. You know that. I don't think anybody's going to break your record here, that's for sure. That's just wonderful. What, a, what an effect for Christ, the church, and the gospel. Amen. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 14. Obviously, I have a message today for New Year's, and um, uh, coming out of this year and going into the next, and then this afternoon, stay, stick around, have a meal together, and then we'll come right back in here, won't keep you long, but I'm going to be uh, speaking on time, on the subject of time, and we'll let you go, and I know RU has a get-together tonight, brother, and Sister Margitan always hosts that and take care of those RU students, and and uh, so they got that going on tonight, and uh, pray for them as they minister to those that have addiction and are trying to break free from their bondage in that. And before I preach, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your cookies and cakes and brownies. And man, we got so much, but you know what? It's, it's pretty much gone. I mean, our kids and grandkids, and I had a few myself, we enjoyed them and they helped us out immensely. And thank you for the little gifts and tokens of love and got to take my kids out for a few meals at, uh, at people giving us a gift card, and we were able to do that. So thank you so much for your kindnesses toward us. Second Kings chapter 14, let's look at verse 1 and 2. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this text. And Lord, let it remind us of uh, finishing well. Not only a year, but Lord, a life. And uh, we pray that this word from you in your book will challenge each and every heart that's here today. Be with the deaf church as they assemble around thy word. And be with, of course, the junior kids and the adults as they minister to them. Lord, thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a subject I want to uh, bring to your, your heart today is a lot of fizzle, fussing, and failure. A lot of people start out with a bang, but it doesn't mean they finish well. And this is what we find out in the life of Asa. Uh, Asa, um, he reminds us that at a new year, um, we need to all seek some new goals. We usually do. We start a year afresh and we try to do better. We feel like there's some things we need to change and some things we need to fix and some things we need to refocus on. I think most of us have had and tried diets. I have failed so many years in that area, but I'm going to try again. I told my wife this morning, I said, I need to wear my tie better, and I need to lose 10, 15 pounds. I'm not going to say 50, because I never reached that goal, so if I can just do 10. But you know, this is the time of year where we start to think along these lines, make resolutions, 
I'm going to improve upon this and that and do better. But that's a good thing. Amen? Here Asa, he's the chosen king of God to Judah. And uh, we hear his, read about his story here in 2 Chronicles. And we also read a little bit about him in 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 15, let me read a couple of verses to you. The Bible says in verse 10 and 11 about Asa, it says, In forty and one years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Mecha, the daughter of Abishayim. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. He had a great testimony. He reigned for 41 years. That's a, that's a long time. Uh, he went about 10 years, according to Scripture, and uh, he brought much peace to uh, Judah and to Israel. But uh, he began with all this fire, and uh, he had a, a fight in him, and he followed the Lord fervently, but he didn't end up so good. Uh, he's an example of starting good but ending bad. I have seen so many people in my year, almost 40 years of preaching, I have seen people start out so good and then end so bad. And I don't want any of you to do that. Let's go on and serve the Lord till the Lord takes us home. Amen? I want to have a good testimony at my ending, that's for sure. Now, God's word is an interesting thing. God pulls no punches. He just says it like it is. God plays no favorites. I like that about my Lord. And... Uh, he covers up for no certain character. Here's a king, and the Lord is very blunt with us, telling, him, telling us about him, a king that gets no pass, free pass. And I don't know who you are or where you're at, but you know, I'm glad for a God that tells me what I need to hear and shows me what I need to see and tries to keep me on the straight and narrow. And by no means am I perfect, neither are you. But I, I want to be perfect in the sense of the biblical word, mature age and uh, go on to perfection in the word of God which is not without sin but to grow up and be the Christian I ought to be and so the Bible is very straightforward there's many biblical principles we can see in the life of this man now I don't know about you but I want a better marriage in 2018 a better home better ministry I want to have a good year in Jesus Christ the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and verse 6 it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but his kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I'm glad that my God tells me, again, what I need to hear. Shows me in his word as I do my daily Bible reading, as I have my devotion. Uh, certain things about myself that I can improve upon. And, of course, bring glory to him. Remember this, Christian, the, the number one thing about you living your life is that you ought to bring glory and honor to your God. And so I want to look at Ace's life today and see if we can gain some pointers for this, this brand new year ahead of us. Now, look with me at 1 Kings chapter 15. I, met, I read a few verses there. But look with me at 1 Kings 15, and I want to look at verse 3 and then 12 and 13 again. Now, my first point is Ace's overall background. I want to just get a little bit of backstory on him and find out a little bit about the kind of man he was. In 1 Kings chapter 15... And verse 3, the Bible said, And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father. In verse 12 we read again, And he took away the Sodomites out of the land, and removed all the idols that his father had made, 
And, uh, and then it says in verse 11, I should have read that, and Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. You know, Asa was just a man, but he began very good in his walk with God. He became a reformer to Judah. Uh, he cut down the groves. He got rid of the temple prostitutes. At that time, they were homosexuals, and he rid the land of that uh, sin that's very offensive to God, even called an abomination in our Bible. Uh, he really tried his best to straighten things up that were out of place among Israel. Uh, his father, Abijah, walked, it says, walked in the sins of his father. Also, his grandfather, according to Scripture, was Rehoboam, both spiritual adulterers. Now, the Bible, of course, talks bad about adultery and fornication. That's one of the top things God talks to about his people. If you look at the New Testament, he warns the Christian about living a fornicating life. Now, some of that is actual the sin uh, of adultery and fornication, but many times it's talking about spiritual adultery, about walking away from our God, living in the world, doing things that Christians ought not do, because that certainly doesn't glorify God. But the scripture teaches very plainly about generational sins that pass on from one generation to another. In Exodus 20 and verse 5, the Bible says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a very jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. You see, God says in his word that many of the fathers, the forefathers, they struggled with sins. And in their struggling, they passed it on to another generation. You know, I'm a father. I don't want to pass on sins in my heart and life failures in my heart and life down to my generations. And God is trying to speak to us every year. We get a new, fresh opportunity to straighten up and fly right and, and do those things that bring glory to God, honor Him, and be a good testimony. So important that we be a good testimony. Now, some of these sins that the fathers struggled with, they were passed on. Even in our text, we're told about uh, grandfather's sin. We're talking about Abijah, his father, and his sin. These sins that are passed on according to Scripture are, are, are given names. Some drunkenness is mentioned in the, in the Scripture. Debauchery, uh, 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 idol worship. Uh, his mother was an idol worshiper. These are, um, these are carnal things that God's people got involved in. They, they went to the groves. They went to the high places. They, they worshiped different false gods. And God says, I am the Lord thy God. You know, you, you honor me. You worship me. Uh, but the people of God soon turned away. Illustration in Scripture is those of Moab. The Bible says in, in, in uh, Psalm 60 and verse 8, Moab, God says, is my wash pot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Philistia, triumph uh, thou because of me. This word wash pot, it means a pot or cauldron or wash pot. It had various applications, had the idea of pans of service, daily use. But actually this word here, wash pot, has to do with toilet. That's unusual. Why would God put that in his word? Because he's judging Moab because of how they faced God's people and did them wrong. And God pronounces a curse upon them, and he says that they will be my wash by. What a, what a testimonial in the word of God of a curse that God put upon God's people for not doing right. Deuteronomy 23, go there if you would. Deuteronomy 23, and verse 3 and 4, we hear these words 
Deuteronomy 23, the Amorite or the Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. See, God's serious about sin in the life of his people. We take sin so lightly today. It's like we say everybody does it, so, you know, what's the big deal? Well, it's a big deal to God, and it ought to be to us. In verse 4, God says about the Moabites, he says, uh, because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt, and because they hired against the, uh, the Balaam, the sons of Baor and uh, Pethor uh, of Mesopotamia to curse thee. That, that God, God takes an actual a beast of burden, a donkey, and uh, he tries to get a hold of, of uh, a prophet and get him to steer wrong, go the wrong direction. It's quite an amusing story, but it happened. Because God's word said it happened. But these people were trying to get the man of God to curse God's people. How did they get in this position? I often think of this sometimes. I look at some of God's people throughout the years and I say, how did, how did they get in this mess they're in? But for the grace of God, there go I. Uh, nobody's special. Again, God is rebuking and instructing here people that ought to know better. And uh, I'm glad that he's honest with me. I'm glad that he speaks to me. That's one thing. Listen, if, if you've had a 2017 and you haven't talked much to your God and you haven't heard much from him, you need to get that right. You should know your God. And he should know you. How about that prayer closet? How about that devotional life? How about that reading through your Bible? That's when God speaks. But God says in Deuteronomy 23 that no Amorite or Moabite shall enter into the assembly of the Lord. And uh, it says 10 generations. Boy, that's, that's quite a curse upon these people. Now also, spiritually speaking, his mother Asherah uh, worshipped idols in 1 Kings chapter 15. And strange but true, I saw this the other day, that Asa, it's, he was brought up by parents that didn't do right, and he took upon the sins of his father, and at first it didn't affect him. And then he got into the 10th year. There was peace in the land for 10 years. And then everything fell apart. For 31 years, he kept going down, down, down. And not close to the Lord. And the strange thing about Asa was he was brought up in the house of God. How many people have been brought up in the house of God? Had good preaching, had good Sunday school teachers went to maybe a Christian school or college, brought up in the faith, and then wandered away. I mean, so many people start out so good. You know the national average for church attendance, faithfulness in the house of God is three years? It's amazing to me. That's how far we have fallen. I've seen so many of God's people through the years that started out so good, but didn't end good. Getting involved in uh, living for self, addictions, Blaming others for their actions. I was talking to a young man the other day, and one thing I didn't like about our discussion, but what I did like was he said, hey, these are my choices. Not too many people come up and say, you know, I, I can't blame anybody else but self. We live in a generation today that wants to blame everybody else. It just seems that way. So many have backslid, got away from the Lord. And many times when you try to speak to them, they'll say, well, their parents are too hard or too restrictive. The church was too judgmental. I had a conversation not too many days ago with somebody, and they had this mindset. 
pastors and other leaders were not loving and not careful, not helpful, uh, not respectful. Talking to someone the other day, trying to help them, many of the comments were made about uh, preachers and churches and just not owning something, but just saying, you know, it's not my fault. I've heard it all through the years. And then they wake up one day and they're not living for the Lord at all. So many disenfranchised individuals that used to go to church, used to serve God, but they won't admit that they have done wrong. They refuse to admit that their lifestyle is sinful and foolish and worldly. And it scares me where they may end up one day. Here's Asa, who started out so good. Now, as we look at this year, passes, how good of a Christian year did you have? A spiritual year did you have with your Lord? I say this not to rebuke anybody, but to wake us up to the fact that has there been past years that you were closer to the Lord, striving to gain spirituality in your life, striving to serve and honor Christ? Was 2017 that way? How about 2018 that we're approaching? I notice sometimes that God's people tend to stay, stay in the same direction. And it doesn't stay plateaued too much. You get up to a certain degree and then you kind of stay for many years even at a sameness. And then, but sooner or later, it's going to take a downward trend. Oh my goodness, I want to end my days honoring the Lord. The older I get, the quicker life seems to be going by. And oh, I want to end well. Sometimes people don't start out too good. They have trouble after they get saved with getting things out of their life that don't belong there. There's a there's a growth time. Amen. We all go through it. But oh, I see people that instead of going higher and higher for the Lord, they just plateau. They get satisfied with where they're at, and then eventually they'll take that downward turn. And then stay there so many years. Uh, it's breaking God's heart. I'm thinking of some of the young people that I've seen come through this ministry, and even while I pastored in Indiana, and, you know, I look at them now, I hear from them occasionally, and many of them, sadly, are breaking the heart of their parents, their family, their friends, certainly the, the churches. But on the other hand, every once in a while you'll hear of someone that went out bad, but, boy, they have shot up and served the Lord, and they're raising their families. for That's exciting to me. And just like this end of the year, I've heard from so many of our church that are reading their Bible. Listen, draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. But if you don't have spirituality in your heart, you're not going to finish your Bible. You're not going to have a devotional life. You're not going to pray with your family. You're not going to take any steps toward God. And sad to say, it'll go a different direction. Too many have left the faith today. Too many of God's people are in the hog pen. Amen. Too many prodigals. Just too many. But we got a Father in heaven that still loves us and cares about us, still waiting on the front porch for us to come home. And he'll have that robe. And he'll have that ring. And he'll say, kill the fatty calf. Amen. We're going to enjoy a family dinner, and we're going to be a family again. There's so many churches that have, at so many years, done so well, and now they've closed the doors. Some of them don't have a handful of people. And at one time they were so strong, but so many have fallen away into addiction, wickedness, abominations even. Now, Asa started out on this high road, and 
he got off that glory road and he went a different direction. I want to ask you today as a challenge, not as a rebuke, but a challenge. Again, where are you? What road are you currently on? Are you on glory road? Are you on just the same road you were last year and the year before that? Have you taken a turn downward yet? It will happen. So seek the Lord with all your heart. There's a road that leads to departing from the faith. There's a road that leads to walking hand in hand with this world. There's a road of living for self and living for pet sins that we can get used to. You know, this ought to be the year, according to Ephesians, that we are friends with God, as Abraham sought to be. He tells us in Ephesians to, to walk as children of light. And that word's interesting, that word walk has to do to walk as a parent walk. I've seen it two or three times with our grandbabies around the house this holiday that we just had Christmas, where the little ones will get on somebody's boots, somebody's slippers, somebody's shoes. One of the, I don't know, I think it was, uh, it might have been... Um, Toby got in my tennis shoes, and he's walking around the house and those things. And, and somebody said, look how good he's doing there. Well, you can't walk in somebody's big shoes very long without falling. Amen? I want to walk in my father's shoes, his, in his way. The Bible talks about walk as children of light. Mimic, imitate. That's what the word means. Imitate your God. Walk in his ways. Then notice that he once believed God. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 14, uh, if you would. We started out with this. Verse 11, though, drop down. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11, Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether they're with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against the multitudes, O Lord, Thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. This is Asa. He, he, he one time believed his God. He relied on God for God's great power and his promises. He, he rested in the Lord's might to protect his people. He reverenced the holy name of God. You know the old scribes in the Old Testament, when they were copying the word of God, they would come to the name of God. And they would stop. They would go and wash their bodies. They would put on fresh garments. They would get a new quill. And they begin to write the name of God. And they'd keep writing. They'd come to the name of God again. they go through the same process. Over and over again. Why? His name is holy. His name ought to be reverenced. And that's what we see throughout the scripture. He reverenced God's holy name. He says, O Lord, uh, O Lord our God. He says, O oh Lord, Thou art God. Boy, we hear sometimes people use the word of God in vain. And we don't really think much of it. Oh, we ought to. Somebody just, oh God, they use it almost as a cuss word. And they're God's people. We need to reverence that holy name. We mentioned Jesus today. Let's use that name Jesus. We live in a world that they don't want to hear about Jesus, the Lord or God, because that's very neutral. But when you use Jesus' name, it is offensive to this world. But we are Christians. We are, we are uh, co-laborers with Christ. Amen. 
and done nothing wrong, let's use the name of Jesus. Let's not use God's word haphazardly or disrespectfully. That's where Asa was. He believed in his God and he lifted up his name and he relied upon his power and he rested in his might. This is where he started from. And then we notice in 2 Chronicles 14, back to verse 3, read verse 1 and 2, he said, He took away the, the altars of strange gods in the high places, and he broke down the images and cut down the groves. He, there was one time Asa had a back, backbone. He stood for God. He stood up to sin. Oh, I see that lacking in, in, the, in the church, in the family of God. is standing up against the world and the things of the world. And he's standing up for God. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of God's people. So many today are so negative about the church. But Jesus loved the church. He died for the church. I'm going to lift up my church. I'm going to talk well of my church because the church is made up of the people in the church. Let's respect and love one another. And Good night. Let's get a backbone. Asa, he stood up against heathenism. The Bible said he stood for 10 years. He opposed a decade of defiance to idol worship. Verse 1 says, So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet 10 years. You see, God was blessing him because of his stand for God. Parkview, if we want to continue to be a blessed church, and we are a blessed church, then we must stand for God. Let's not be ashamed. He lived in opposition to the idol worshipers of his day. Listen, this is interesting. His family knew he was real in his talk. His foes knew that he was real in his stand. And his friends knew that he was, he was true to his word. You know, I want to run with those that run with God. This is my crowd. I'm not ashamed of you, Parkview. I'm not ashamed of the local church. No, no, no. This is my crowd. The Bible said when Peter and them were preaching the word of God, they got thrown in jail. When they got out, the Bible said they went back to their own company. You're my company. You're the people I want to be around more than anybody. You're my family in Christ. I love you and I respect you and I want, I want to have more fellowship with you, not less fellowship. It seems today so many can just depart from that with no problem. Um, oh, Asa stood strong. He showed himself strong. And then next I noticed that he brought back the people of God to a direction they ought to be on. Notice in chapter 14, verse 4, notice, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Well, he was a leader. He commanded them to serve God. Boy, you can't hardly suggest anybody to serve God today without somebody getting offended with you. He commanded them. You know, in order for them to listen to him, he must have been living the life. He was not a fake. He was, he was serious, and they knew that about him. And his enemies feared him. I mean, for ten years there was peace in the land because Asa was a man of God. I encourage you, listen, be men and women of God. And God will bless you and yours and bless the house of God. But this is Judas, this is the way he started. He, he brought back the people of God. Uh, you know, we were last night we were talking to the kids about, you know, our president, President Trump. He got that slogan, make America great. Well, you know, back then he made Judah great. You know, that, that was his goal. 
He probably had big hats, red hats that said, make Judah great again, you know, I don't know. But he, in his heart, desired Judah and the people of God to be what they ought to be. That was his heart. That was what drove him. He, he got Israel back to worshiping and trusting God, back to witnessing the touch of God. See, he wanted the blessings of God again on God's people. You know, I want to see the touch of God on some of your lives. You remember how Moses met with God and he, his face shone because he had been with God? He was with the Shekinah glory. You know, when you're walking with God, it's seen in your countenance, in the way you live, in the way you speak. And the world needs to see some Christians today that stand up for God. And they know, they, hey, these people know God. They walk with God. Oh, may the world see us that way. Worshiping and trusting our God, witnessing His touch. Do you want the touch of God on your marriage, on your children, Amen? On your ministry for Christ, on your church, you want the touch of God? I do. Well, I love it every once in a while when, you know, we have regular services and we hear from God. And we have quite good preachers that come in here. But every once in a while, you folks know, every once in a while, God, it just shows up in a, in a greater way. And you can sense it. You can, you can feel it. You can see how God pulls on hearts and, and tugs on hearts and the tears flow. And, and, and there's just a special time. I love that when it happens. Because God doesn't have to show up. But he chooses to. I want to witness that touch of God this year, 2018. Back to walking uprightly in truth. It's wonderful. But then, Asa, Asa stumbled. Romans tells us about, about Moses. He stumbled not at the promises of God, but was strong in faith. Oh, I want to be strong in the Lord. Don't you? Sure you do. I know you do. It's going to take a decision. It's going to take a determination. It's going to take a reevaluation of where we're at at 2017 with our faithfulness to the Lord. Then notice that he was certainly blessed of God. In 2 Chronicles, we move into chapter 15. I'll just read a little bit. Notice with me. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Boy. Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without law. And when, there is, uh, and when they were in trouble, did turn to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and was found of them. Praise the Lord. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And verse 6 and 7, The nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all their adversity. Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. God says, as long as you seek me, you'll find me. As long as you obey me, I'll bless you. And you know, I look at Israel over and over. They would wander away from the Lord, and, and he would chasten them with, uh, with other nations, and he would bring, uh, he would bring um, plenty on them when they obeyed him, and he'd remove the blessing when they disobeyed. You'd think they would have got it. 
But over and over in Scripture, they wander and then they get right and they come back and God blesses them again and then they wander again. Over and over, and I think of this dispensation, the age of grace, the church age, same thing. God wants to abundantly bless the people of God in the house of God. But we are like Israel. We wander. Oh, listen, these are the last, this, the last services of 2017. Again, how was 2017? Oh, listen, draw nigh to God. 2018's coming. And you know, before we know it, we'll be in the first quarter. I'll be standing up here giving announcements for March and April. Isn't that something about how fast time goes? Oh, my goodness. But here we see a man that he brought the people of God back to God. And God, as a result, blessed the people. For a while, he walked in faith. Asa knew the past experience of God's promises. He, the proof of his exciting presence. Again, don't you love it when God is present in your life? You know, I'm not talking about just, you know, okay, I know God, he knows me. I'm talking about you experience something special. Amen. When's the last time you had a meeting with God in your prayer closet? Do you have one anymore? Just you and him alone, and then he shows up. He doesn't have to, but he does, and how wonderful it is. Amen. I love it when God reveals himself in the house of God and in my personal life, the power of God's performance. I love to pray and see God answer prayer. But sometimes we're content to see status quo. Oh, I remember Brother Chuck and I talking about this. Oh, we, we lack in faith so often, and then we don't see anything miraculous happen. I want to see the miraculous again. I really do. Just something that you and I can't do, see God do it. But he ain't going to show up, like the verse said, until we honor and glorify him with our lives. Now, Asa received the backing of his own people. I know what this feels like. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I'm just about done. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Look at um, uh, verse 9, if you would. The Bible says, And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw the Lord his God was with him. <laughs> you know, people tend to Get involved with something that's working. They tend, you know, to see the church grow is a wonderful thing. More growth means more walking with God. And there will be people, you see, we, we live in a day today where people say holiness doesn't matter anymore. You know, character doesn't matter. Yes, it does. And there's going to be people that want that. And they're looking for that. And God will bless it. Asa received the backing of his own people. They knew he was real with his God. They knew and showed support and love and respect unto him. For that 10-year period, there was no war. There was blessing. And they caught the same vision that the king had. His business was the Lord's business. His business was their business. Again, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. You know, I've been here a good while now. Coming out in March, it'll be 27 years. And I feel like the better days are ahead. And I really want to see the touch of God. And I really want to experience the 
the, the, the presence of God. And I want these younger generations to see a God they've only heard about. But folks, we're going to have to walk with our God in integrity and holiness in order to see that. You see, those kind of things you can't trump up. They happen because God happens to come by. He's pleased to come by. Then notice, lastly, that this man that started out so good, he fell. He didn't end good. Second Chronicles 15, go to verse 7, and we'll wrap this up this morning. Second Kings chapter 15, verse 7, Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Isn't that an interesting principle about God? You do right, he blesses. When we do right, he'll show up. He'll change things in your home life. You know, I can go back in my personal life and see as a father failures, things I wish I'd done better, things I slipped up on. And I, I saw that happening, and we made some changes. And boy, the changes changed me. I don't know where you're at in your parenting skills. I don't know where your family, what direction they're heading. But this is an opportunity. 2018 is at the threshold. We could say, oh God, you know, we know how close we are to God. We know where we are. We know where the power is and where it's not. And boy, if we could just reach out in faith and say, God, I have failed and these are, ask God. He'll bring them to your heart and your mind. And you could have a renewed walk with God. And really see some things be accomplished in the li- your life and in the life of your family. You know, I, I wrote this down. There's a danger in growing older. I'm not old, but I'm, I'm moving on, you know. I don't want to be a grump and a grouch. There's a dearness to growing older gracefully. I see it in the lives of some of God's people. And they go through the senior years and they start getting into aches and pains and this isn't working right, and surgeries, and cancers, and, and heart problems, and all this. And I've seen some get and get so bitter, and get so cold on God, and, and all those years of God being good to them, and all those years of God blessing them, and then they get a little bump in the road, and then they start blaming God, and blaming others, and walking away from the things of God. I don't want to ever get that way, and I've seen people go that direction. Are you on that road? Don't be that way. Hasn't God been good to you? Oh, God's been good to you. Yeah. My wife's saying, God's been good in my life. There's a dearness to grace. I don't want to be an old Scrooge. I don't want to be that Mr. Wilson in the neighborhood that's yelling at all the kids cutting across his lawn. I don't want to be that guy. Amen. Amen. I tried to alliterate, but I don't want to be old Mr. Magoo. What was wrong with Mr. Magoo? He was blind, he was cynical, and he was senile. And I see some of that happening to me. I do. I lose things, don't know where they're at. I ask my wife and she doesn't know where they're at. She's been my safeguard for years, because if I don't know where something is, she knows it. But now she's slipping up a little bit. <laughs> it's happening, but I don't want to get that way, and I don't want to get frustrated. I don't want to get cranky toward other people. I, I, I don't want to talk negative. I don't want to be critical. 
I want to grow old gracefully. I, I, want, I want the Shekinah glory of God on my life. And I have only met a few uh, Christians like that. They get older in years and they, they keep that spirit of sweetness. Oh, God help us. This man, Asa, he started out so on fire for God, straightening things out, had a dream for his people, got him back to God. They got behind him and supported him. They had his back. And then he took the downward plunge. And he ended bad. Oh, I don't want to end bad in these last years. I was over at Silver Lane, heard some preaching. One preacher was a little bit older than me. I think he said he was 67 or 68. And he said, you know, he said, I'm not getting younger, but I am, you know, I'm getting older. And he made that kind of similar thing I've said. And and he said, I don't want to end up bad. And I thought, exactly, exactly. God's been too good. Amen. Amen. So as we finish 2017 and head to 2018, I want to grow another year closer to the Lord. I'll ask you these questions and we'll wrap it up. Have you learned anything of late? Or are you just sitting on idle? Are you challenging yourself spiritually? Have you learned anything from past mistakes? You know, one thing about English 101, you can't go to English 102 until you finish 101. And I see so many Christians that keep going through the same lessons over and over again. Have you learned anything from past mistakes? Are you learning anything useful from the lessons the Lord has brought in your life in 2017? Some of them might be pleasant. Did you learn something from it? Some of them might have been heartbreaking. Did you learn anything from it? Are you ready and willing to change and do better, really? To grow older in the faith gracefully? So I challenge you as we close, take inventory of your life. Are you yielded? Or are you harder than you were at the beginning of the year? Are you, are you committed to Christ is that in your heart? Or have you grown cold in the Lord? Here, Asa, he was strong. He stood up. He, he was steady. And people got, uh, they got influence out of that. They, they got encouragement out of that. Did people look at you and draw encouragement by your spiritual walk? Make some spiritual resolutions. Uh, not these silly things, but I mean take steps toward God in your spiritual life. Uh, it's going to take work, but get the job done. And then set a course for a better year in the Lord. Reform your ways. Don't just fizzle. Don't just fuss. And don't end up a failure. Oh, my goodness. Maybe you're doing all right. You know, you're here. But are you going to be here next year? Not because the Lord took you home or not because... Um, God moved you on for ministry. Not, not, not that. But you're going to be here because you're right with God and you're serving God and you're excited about the prospect of days ahead. Each year, I think we're going to do it this afternoon, we, most years, we get in a big circle around the church, we hold hands and we pray in the new year. And as my pastor last year, many years ago did, I've, I've reused that idea of us praying in the new year. And I remember years ago him saying, and I've said it myself here many times, there are going to be people 
that will get in that circle this afternoon that will not be in the family circle by the end of the year. They're going to be taken home. They're going to be away from us. They're going to, some will go on because God's called them to a ministry. That's wonderful. But some will be missing because they got out of sorts. They got backslid. They got angry. They got carnal. They got accusatory. Amen? In, 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 in my many years now being saved, and in, like I said, almost 40 years of ministry, I've seen so many people come and go. I told my wife the other day, I said, if we had everybody in this church that ever come through its doors, my goodness, we would have been through three building programs by now. Because you know what happens. People start slipping and getting off track, and they're gone. You see them years later. It's not the first year or the second year, but 10 years, 15 years, 20 years passes, and you see the carnage of those decisions. Oh, my goodness. Asa started great, but he ended bad. I want to keep going and walking with the Lord. Don't you? Sure you do. I know you do. Let's bow our heads if we would. Every head bowed this morning. I pray the message wasn't, to your ears, a tone of rebuke. I hope it is a challenge to you to reform and to pick it up a notch and decide that you're going to take a step toward God rather than steps away from God. What, young people, what road are you on? What direction are you going? Young couples of the church, how about you seniors that have gone through some things and are going through some things? Don't get bitter. Don't get angry with God. Draw closer to God. Father, we thank you so much for a good year in 2017. You've been good to Parkview. We have many new families and we've seen some folks saved and we've made some strives. Uh, Lord, we've still got much more to do. Lord, we look to you in 2018 to bring to result, Lord, our building program, that we might uh, glorify you in that, that we would see the ministry grow, our bus ministry to get back, bringing in souls, each individual Christian winning another lost person to Christ. Lord, these are things upon my heart, and I know they're on yours as well. Lord, in some ways, it's been a hard year in 2017. But Lord, you know, Father, what's ahead of us in 2018. You know. And oh God, I pray that we would be faithful to you to the very end, the end of this age or the end of our lives. Now, Lord, help each and every one here today to reevaluate their walk with you. And God, give us a desire to be near you, to serve you with all our heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.